Today on episode 151 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, in my work as someone who repairs computers, I get a lot of questions from my clients, but there are some questions that my clients ask me, and I just don't have an answer. Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Well, welcome back to The Computer Tutor Podcast. I am your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson, and I'm here every Monday morning to show you how to do cool things on your computer. Well, today's a little different from that, but I think you'll still learn something today. I hope so, anyway. If you don't learn something from today's podcast, get in touch with me and I'll arrange a full refund. And if your computer has a problem, I would like to help. I've been doing computer repair for just about forever, since 1999, actually. And in most cases, I can fix your computer remotely, so you don't have to bring it anywhere. Just give me a call at 727 254 9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's computer tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 151. So let's get started. Today's podcast is kind of different from what we normally do. So if you're here for the first time, you can listen to some previous episodes to see how it usually goes. You know, usually it's some type of computer tip or trick or showing you something you probably didn't know you could do with your computer. But this week, I'm going to tell you about four questions that I get asked pretty regularly from my computer repair clients. Nothing technical about these questions, and we don't get into the highly technical stuff on this podcast anyway. You may have even asked one of these or two of these questions yourself in the past. So hopefully there's some value in this anyway. Question number one, my computer won't do anything. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait a minute, that's not even a question. Well, yes, I know that. But when someone says that to me, they're presenting it as a question. They're really saying, my computer won't do anything. How can I get it to work? What's wrong with it? Can you fix it? Okay, I have to say that there are the occasional situations where this phrase, my computer won't do anything, is accurate but those are probably less than 5% of the cases. Most of the time, like I said, probably 95% of the time or even more, I'll ask the client, so your computer won't do anything. So when you have it plugged in and you hit the power button, you don't see anything on the screen, you don't hear any noises like a fan starting up, and you don't see any lights coming on at all. Well, that's when we get down to the actual facts turns out the computer actually does power on and it goes through the BIOS process and Windows comes up and it connects to the Wi-Fi signal. But when they open Internet Explorer, it shows this page cannot be displayed. Well, let me tell you something. That's a whole different issue. That's a problem we can solve. And actually, if it's true that the computer really won't do anything, no lights, no sound or anything else, that's a problem we can usually solve too for... A desktop computer, it usually means that the power supply has died and we just need to swap it out for a new one. You probably haven't even lost any of your files. We just need to know what's really happening. Question number two, 
my AOL won't work. Okay, on this one I have to be a little careful because when someone tells me their AOL isn't working, the temptation for me is to say, well, of course not, it's AOL. And for some reason, people that use AOL just don't appreciate that joke. Of course, being completely honest here, I really, really dislike AOL. And if you've been listening to my podcast or reading my blog for a while, you probably already knew that. And I think there really are a lot of reasons to not like AOL. You know, they make millions of dollars every year because people that have subscribed to them since like the mid-1990s have been paying them every month continuously, like $20 a month, even though they can keep their AOL account and not pay anything at all for it. Did you know that's what keeps AOL in business? It's all those people that think they have to keep paying just to keep their at AOL.com email address, but they don't have to pay anything because it's free. Not to mention the crappy AOL software that's almost completely covered up by all the ads that are popping up all over the place. The problem with it being free is that there's no place you can call for tech support when it's not working. They do have a phone number you can call, but it's only for the poor suckers who are paying monthly for a subscription to their free email service. I guess you could sign up as a paying customer and get your tech support taken care of and then cancel, but seriously, why would anyone go through all that hassle just for the privilege of having an AOL account? I'll probably never understand it, so that's a question I cannot answer. Question number three, what's the best free antivirus? Finally, an actual question, but still, I don't have an answer. In my opinion, none of the free ones on the market today provide sufficient protection. In fact, many of the free antivirus programs have now been discovered that they actually sneak malware onto your computer because they make money from that. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? The program that's supposed to protect your computer is actually infecting it. We all remember the good old days when there were just some free antivirus programs and they were halfway decent, but now it's become a huge industry. Plus, the various types of malware and viruses have gotten a lot more complex, so it takes more money and resources to fight against that, and you can't do that sufficiently with a little freebie program. So the days of depending on a free antivirus program are just gone, which means if you're looking for the best free one, I really don't have an answer for you. It's kind of like asking, if I jump out of a plane without a parachute, which brand of helmet should I wear? You know, it doesn't really matter. And question number four, I keep getting an error message. Well, this one's a little similar to question number one, but I have to say this one is probably also the most frustrating, not just for the client, but for me too. For the client, it's driving them nuts because this stupid error message just keeps coming up and they click to make it disappear and yet it just keeps coming back. It seems like there's nothing they can do to make it disappear for good. And the frustrating part for me as the tech guy, and the reason I don't have an immediate answer for it, is because the client usually can't tell me what the error message actually says. As soon as it pops up on the screen, they just click to close it and make it go away. And of course, when they tell me they keep seeing an error message, my first question is, what does it say? Without knowing the content of the error message, we can't diagnose it and fix the problem. And you know what's even worse is when the customer mentions, oh, by the way, I've been seeing this thing pop up for like three months now. Well, that's another piece of bad news 
You see, if something out of the ordinary pops up on your screen and you let me know about it right away, there are some options for fixing it that can be pretty quick and easy. But if that error has been coming up for several weeks or several months, we lose some of those quick and easy options, which means the process for getting rid of it might not be as easy, and that means usually it's more expensive. So the lesson here is when you get an error message, number one, write down what it says or take a screenshot of it if you know how to do that. And number two, let me know about it right away so we can get rid of it. There's no reason for you to live with the frustration any longer than necessary. So those are some computer questions that I cannot answer. What? You want more questions without answers? Okay, here's a few, but they aren't computer related. So if you want only computer stuff, you should just skip this part. Why do flammable and inflammable mean the same thing? Why is it when two planes almost hit each other, it's called a near miss? Isn't it actually a near hit? Why do we have to wash bath towels since we only use them when we're clean? Why are there instructions in Braille on the drive-up ATM machine? When people lose weight, where does it go? If you're bald, what does your driver's license say for hair color? Why does a dog not like for you to blow in his face, but he loves sticking his head out the car window? Why is there a light in the fridge, but not in the freezer? And finally, why doesn't Tarzan have a beard? Well, I warned you that today's episode would be a little different from what we normally do. I like to change things up every once in a while. What doesn't change is the fact that I love hearing from you. Questions, comments, suggestions for topics, questions that you can't answer, whatever you want to say. Just leave a message on my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468. It's available 24-7, and it's never answered by a human being. Or you can always just email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And that will do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning, and I will have a computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. God bless.